After spending four prokim, parak hevav zayin and ches, discussing the laws of the current Pesach, how it was brought, what was involved in the service, what happens if it falls on Shabbos, what happens if one is Tomei. The first half of the ninth parak now goes on to discuss Pesach Sheni. The Torah recalls how when the Jews were going through the Midbar and they were told to bring the current Pesach, the people who were Tomei from a dead body came to Moshe. And they said, does this mean we're not going to be able to bring a Karim Pesach? We're Tommy, so we're not allowed to offer out the Karim Pesach, we're not allowed to eat it. So Hashem told them that there is the parasha of Pesach Sheini. That if one is not able to bring the first Karim Pesach, then exactly a month later, on the 14th of Iyar, he has a second chance. Now when the Torah talks about the Pesach Sheini, the examples which the Torah gives for somebody who wasn't able to bring the first Karim Pesach are Mishaya Tommy Obiderecha Somebody who was Tomei on the 14th of Nisan, or somebody who was on a faraway journey and therefore unable to be there in the Beis HaMikdash or in Yerushalayim for the Erev Pesach and for Pesach. And as a result of that, he did not carry out the Korim Pesach on the first, on the first Pesach. So he says, Hashini, he should do it on the second Pesach. Pesach Sheini. Now, this is not only applied to somebody who was Tomei or on a faraway journey. Anybody who shogag, if he mistakenly didn't bring the Karim Pesach, for example, he didn't realize it was Erev Pesach, or he forgot that it was an obligation on everybody to bring the Karim Pesach, or if something happened out of his control which stopped him bringing the Karim Pesach, but also as a Rishon, and he did not perform the first Karim Pesach, he should perform it on Pesach Sheini. And the Gemara explains that this even applies to somebody who intentionally didn't bring the first Karim Pesach, even he is obligated to bring it on Pesach Sheini. Imkain, if so, asks the Mishnah, Why did the Torah specify these two examples of someone who is Tomei or somebody who is on a faraway journey? Answers the Mishnah, Because these people, somebody who is Tomei or on a faraway journey, they are exempt from the punishment of Kores even if they don't end up bringing the Pesach Sheini. Because the Torah specified them, saying that after the first Pesach it's not all over, they're not Chayav Kois for not having brought the Karim Pesach, they've got another chance. So since the Torah specifically talked about these two examples, we learn from there that even if that person would not end up bringing Pesach Sheini, he would be exempt from Kores. However, these people, meaning somebody else, who didn't bring the Karim Pesach for a different reason, whether it be on purpose or by mistake, if he does not bring the Pesach Sheini, then he will be Chayav Kores for having failed to bring the Karim Pesach. Mishnah base. What is considered to be a faraway journey, somebody who is far away, and therefore, if he fails to bring the carbon Pesach, he will not be Chayv Kores. What is the definition of someone which is far away? From a place called Medium outwards. It took around six hours to get from Medium to Yerushalayim, which means that if at midday on Erev Pesach, which is technically the earliest time to bring the carbon Pesach, to slaughter the carbon Pesach, if at that time he was in Medium, so that means that he is not able to reach Yerushalayim within the time that it is permitted to slaughter the Karim Pesach. Because by the time he reaches there six hours later, that is when the night begins and it is too late to bring the Karim Pesach. And the same measurement in every direction, that is considered to be a faraway place. That is the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. However, Rabbi Eliezer says, Rechaika doesn't literally mean somebody who is far away in distance. Rather, Anybody who is outside of the threshold of the Beis HaMikdosh courtyard is considered to be in this category, meaning even if somebody was in Yerushalayim, let's say, but something out of his control occurred, 
which prevented him from bringing his carbon Pesach, he would also be considered in this category of someone who is Rederecha and therefore he would also be exempt from Kores if he ends up not being able to bring the carbon Pesach and the Pesach Sheini. So Rebbe is arguing on part of the previous Mishnah. Now Rabbi Yezir, Rabbi Yezir says, following Rabbi Yezir's opinion, Therefore, there is a dot on the letter He in the word Rechika. There are certain letters in the Torah which have dots on top of them. And if, for example, there is a dot only on one of the letters, that means that there is a hidden meaning to be interpreted as if that letter wasn't there. So in this case, it's as if it was written Rechik without a He. Now what difference does that make? So if it says Derech so grammatically speaking, derech is a feminine noun, and rechika, with a he at the end, is a feminine adjective. So that means that rechika is describing the word derech, and so it means that somebody was on a faraway journey. However, if you read it without the he, that means that rochik is no longer an adjective describing the derech, rather it would mean derech rochik, the way of somebody who was far away. It's not saying that he was on a faraway journey, it's saying the person was far away, not in terms of distance or in terms of the journey. Rather, he was far away from being able to fulfill his mitzvah, meaning something out of his control stopped him from f- being able to fulfill the mitzvah. Loma, the he is to tell you, it's not because he is literally far away in terms of distance. Rather, even if he is only outside of the threshold of the Beis Hamikdash's courtyard, if he was prevented out of his control from fulfilling the mitzvah of Karim Pesach, that is included in this category. What are the differences between the first Pesach, which falls on the 14th of Nisan, and Pesach Sheini, which falls on the 14th of Iyar, one month later? Now, the Mishnah does not list all of the differences, but it lists a few of them, and the main rule is that from the Posse. When the Posse talks about the laws applying to Pesach Sheini, it lists a couple of laws regarding the Korban Pesach itself, for example, not breaking the bone of a Korban Pesach, and then it says, According to all of the laws of the Pesach, they should perform it. And we learn from there that only things regarding the Korban Pesach itself only when it comes to those things do we say that the laws of Pesach Rishon apply also on Pesach Sheini. But laws of Pesach, which don't actually apply to the Korban Pesach itself, those do not apply to Pesach Sheini. And therefore, Harishan When it comes to Pesach Rishon, the prohibitions of Bayroa and Bayimotse to own any Chomets, to have any Chomets in your possession, that is forbidden on Pesach Rishon. But when it comes to Pesach Sheini, Matzah and Babayis, he can have both Matzah and Chomets with him in the same house. There is no problem of owning Chomets on Pesach Sheini. It follows that also the prohibition of owning Chomets during the time that one is slaughtering the carbon Pesach, that also does not apply to Pesach Sheini. Horishan, the first Pesach, to'on halal ba'achilosai. It requires that one recites halal when one eats the carbon Pesach. Yeshaya Hanavi prophesies that when the Golos ends, when the ultimate exile ends and we come to the ultimate redemption, then hashir lochem kelel hiskadish chag. The song will be for you, just like the night where you sanctify the Yom Tov. So what is that night referring to? That's referring to the night of Pesach. And so it's learned from there that one is obligated to recite Hallel on the night of Pesach when he eats the Korban Pesach. However, when it comes to Pesach Sheini, one is not required to recite Hallel when he is eating Korban Pesach, because it is not considered a Yom Tov. And the Pesach says, Kelel Hischadish Chag. 
But Pesach Sheni is not considered a Chag, it's not considered a Yom Tov. However, the things which are similar between them are Zevozeh, both this one and this one, both Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni, Tun Halba Siyoson, they do require that Hal be recited as they are processing the Korm Pesach, as they are carrying out the service, as we learned earlier on in the Masechta, because that is really part of the Korm Pesach service itself. Menechon Tzoli has to be eaten roasted, it can't be boiled or cooked in any other way. Again, that has to do with the Korm Pesach itself. Al Matzah Mreirim, it needs to be eaten together with Matzah Moror. In fact, the Torah explicitly says that when it comes to Pesach Sheini, it also needs to be eaten together with Matzah Moror. And finally, V'dochnes HaShabbos, it overrides Shabbos. If Pesach Sheini falls on a Shabbos, then the process is carried out even on Shabbos, because just like when it comes to Pesach Rishon, also when it comes to Pesach Sheini, the Torah uses the word B'moyadoi, then it needs to be offered in its time. And we learn from there that even if it falls on Shabbos, the Korban Pesach is still offered. Mishadalit, we've seen earlier on in the Masechta that if the majority of the Jewish people or the majority of the Koyanim who would carry out the Korban Pesach service, if they are Tomei from a dead body, or from a similar type of Tumah, then that year, the Korban Pesach is allowed to be brought in a state of Tumah. A special exception given to a Korban Pesach, and this is actually learnt from the parasha of Pesach Sheini. Because the Torah says with regards to Pesach Sheini, Ish ish ki each man who will be Tomei from a dead body, then he goes on to say that he's not able to bring the Korban Pesach on Pesach Rishon, so he'll need to bring it on Pesach Sheini. Now it's interesting that the Torah says Ish ish, each man in the singular, implying that the whole concept of Pesach Sheini only applies to individual people. But if the majority of the Jewish people, they're not able to bring Korban Pesach on Pesach Rishon, then Pesach Sheini does not apply. Rather, they can even do it on Pesach Rishon. And that is the source that if the majority of the Jewish people or the majority of the Kranim, or as the Gemara adds, even if the majority of the utensils used in the Beis HaMikdosh are Tomei, then that year, the Korban Pesach is brought in a state of Tumah. However, this does not apply to every type of Tumah. The reason being that the Torah talks about Tomei la Nefesh, somebody who is Tomei from a dead body. And so we learn from there that somebody who has a Tumah, which is Tumah Hayyotsi Megufoi, Tumah which results from substances which exit his body, so he would still be forbidden to bring the Korban Pesach or to eat the Korban Pesach, even if it is brought in a state of Tumah. Because this whole exception only applies to Tumah which comes from a dead body, or other types of Tumah, but not to Tumah Hayyotsi Megufoi. And so the Mishnah says, HaPesach Shabbat B'Tumah, a Korban Pesach which is brought in a state of Tumah, Loyuchlum Emenu Zovim V'Zovais, a Zovr, a Zovr, Nidos, a woman who is Tomei, as a Nidah, which is also a type of Tumah which results from substances exiting her body, the Yoldos, or a woman who gave birth, and as a, as a result, she is also Tomei. In all these cases, they are still forbidden to eat the Korban Pesach. However, Vim Ochlu, if they did eat the Korban Pesach that year, even though in general, somebody who is Tomei who eats a Korban Pesach would be liable to Kores, in this case, Paturme Kores, they are exempt from the punishment of Kores, and this is learned from the Posse, because the Posse says that anyone who is Tohar is allowed to eat Korbanos, and anybody who is Tomei is forbidden to do so, and his punishment is Kores. So we learn from there that only if the people who are eating the Korbanos need to be Tohar in order to eat it, only then does the punishment of Kores apply if somebody Tomei eats it. But if, anyway, the person who is eating the Korbanos can be Tomei, so somebody else who is Tomei who is not allowed to eat it will still not receive the punishment of Kores. And Rebeliezer takes, takes this a step further. Rebeliezer, Peter, Afalbias, Mikdosh, Rebeliezer exempts the Zov or the Zov or the Nida or the person who gave birth. 
he exempts them from Kores even if they enter the Beis HaMikdosh. In general, if any of these people enter the Beis HaMikdosh, they are Chayv Kores for doing so. However, Beliezer says that in a case where the Korm Pesach can be offered up even by people who are Tomei from a dead body, so those people are allowed to enter the Beis HaMikdosh, so the punishment of Kores does not apply even to the Zov and the other people who have that Tumah. And again, he learns from the Pasuk, because the Pasuk, when talking about the prohibition to enter the Beis HaMikdosh whilst one is Tomei, it talks about somebody who is Tomei from a dead body, and it talks about somebody who is a Zov. So we learn from there that only when the prohibition applies to somebody who is Tomei from a dead body, only then does the prohibition and the Kores apply to somebody who is a Zov.